fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Well, back. We are thrilled to welcome on for the first time Mr. John Shipley, the beat writer for Sports Illustrated's Jaguars Report. John, thank you so much for joining today. How are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good as well. First day of school, so uh, back to the real world, but also a good one as well. Good to connect with colleagues and whatnot. Yeah. And pumped to be able to talk to you, uh, especially the Jaguars. There's been a lot of interesting stuff going on this preseason, up and down to say the least. Yeah. To start the, uh, the Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence era here, this regime. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on here, sift through some of these injuries, the news, and preseason performances. You ready to dive in with me? Yeah, man. Definitely a lot easier to talk about them after they uh, finally looked uh, good <laughs> in yeah. a preseason game. You know, those first two weeks, you know, I was coming on podcast and I was like looking for the positives. And I was like, it's just the preseason. Maybe it'll look good eventually. But, you know, uh, sun- Sunday, I'll be it against backups. They had a lot of offensive backups, you know, pretty solid games. So I'm ready to dive in. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we start at the top there with the man who looked fantastic. Finally, in that week three preseason game, you're alluding to Mr. Trevor Lawrence after this long drawn out competition with Gardner Minshew, the first overall pick. He's officially the starter and they looked so mediocre, as you were saying. But finally, we see 11 for 12, 139, two TDs and just three drives. Let's dive in into Lawrence and his fantasy prospects in this can't miss pick. Uh, how has he kind of looked for you in practices throughout this preseason? And kind of what are your expectations for him in this offense? Yeah, no, I, I've been really impressed by what Lawrence has shown just in terms of his, you know, complete package as a player. You know, he's clearly an athletic player who can make plays outside of the pocket, which you always want to see from a quarterback. And, you know, I, I think if there was one negative from kind of his debut against the Browns, it was that he wasn't using his legs enough. And then ever since that game, the Jaguars have put him on the move more. And he's, you know, the last two weeks, he's made a lot of plays on the run. And then training camp, that was a big strength of his, you know, making plays, making throws while on the run, you know, to those intermediate parts of the field, using the tight ends. And, you know, it's, it's just you see that he's truly that kind of athletic quarterback with a big arm who can make every type of throw. I personally, in the three years I've covered the Jaguars, they haven't had that kind of quarterback. You know, they've had a Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, Mike Glennon, Jake Luton, et cetera, have started games. So he's clearly just, in terms of physical skill set, a different level. And then you look at some of the things that he does that I think are kind of uh, – advanced for a quarterback, especially as young as he is, just his really his work in the pocket, his movement, moving in and out of the pocket, you know, resetting his death and really how he handles pressure. I mean, you know, of course, he was playing against backups against the Cowboys, but there was one throw where uh, I believe it was a right guard give up a pressure. He was hit, you know, immediately as he threw it, you know, it was a big hit. That's a hit, you know, no matter who it's against. That's a tough throw to make. But he makes a first down throw right on the money to James O'Shaughnessy. You know, I, I think you remember which play I'm talking about. You know, it, right. it just he, he he had a fantastic day no matter the context of it. And I think they're going to be rookie ups and downs. You know, he's definitely a guy who doesn't take the small plays as much as he should. So I think he's going to throw a decent bit of interceptions. But I do think they're going to utilize his legs a good bit and uh, ask him to throw the ball deep. And fantasy-wise, I mean, that's what the goodness is made of, the deep throws, the big plays, and also the leg points. I think a lot of people overlook that with Lawrence because we have these freaks in Trey Lance, Justin Fields that are such Konami code upside, we call it, in fantasy. Trevor Lawrence can run too, though, and I love yeah. 
I, I mean, you know, prayers up for Tebow. Everything is cool. He tried out, but that could have been a nuisance at the goal line if he stuck around a Taysom Hill style guy. So there's definitely a little bit of rushing touchdown upside with Lawrence, a little bit of upside. I think a lot of people are overlooking. Now, Vegas set his line at 4,050 uh, 4, yards and a half and 25 and a half TDs. What are your thoughts on this Vegas line, John? Ooh, I'll go over on the touchdowns, but I don't know about the yards. My only, my only hesitation on the yards is, you know, of course, you know, consensus number one overall pick, best prospect since luck, all of that. I do think he is that talented and deserves all the praise because I think he has that skill set, but he's still a rookie quarterback. You know, at the end of the day, he's still gonna he's still gonna face a lot of new things for the first time, and he has a lot of areas he has to improve in. So I'm hesitant to say he's gonna you know come out and throw for four thousand yards as a rookie, but I do think they're gonna give him a lot of opportunities uh, in terms of you know scoring a potential in terms of his arm. So I'll go over on the touchdowns. Gotcha, indeed. Uh, well, let's move on to the other big new face there over in Jacksonville. That's Urban Meyer, and I know it hasn't been the uh, the warmest of welcomes at times. He had these dominant stretches at Florida and Ohio State, 187 to 32 wins and losses, but the transition of the pros hasn't been so smooth. There's rumblings. Players aren't thrilled with him and his style, and so far the team, I mean, they did look atrocious till last week. So ultimately, What's kind of your take on Urban Meyer and it's just the overarching feeling around this ja the Jags organization with him there? Yeah, no, that's not uh, not to discount anybody's uh, reporting. You know, of course, uh, Pete Prisco, you know, is su super respected. I respect Pete a ton. But from, you know, my own personal conversations I've had, I've heard the opposite in terms of really? you know, players' really? opinions on Urban. So it, it really seems like something that's split down the middle. You know, it definitely has done some bizarre things and the area I thought he would struggle in is, you know, personnel and really that kind of roster building. And that's the area where, you know, in terms of having a quarterback competition and training a guy for a six-round pick, that's just – that's not showing as much foresight at the NFL level. That's an area I thought he would struggle in. But I, I haven't gotten the sense that he's struggled with players at all. I've gotten the sense actually that he's he's actually been more of a player's coach. And that's from conversations I've had with, you know, actual people on the team. Awesome. Well, that's good to know because you read these reports, it sounds like it's – horrendous over there so it's good to hear the alternate view here's some opinions from the guys down there on the beat that's why we like to invite you guys in that has me feeling a little bit better about trevor lawrence and some of these yeah. what about and, in terms yeah yeah what were you gonna say sorry and i and i say that as somebody who uh, i've critiqued fire at, for, at a lot of stops you know especially the quarterback situation with Minshew and lawrence so you know so just that that's more so what i've really observed you know i think he has a lot of areas he has to work in but i think so far in terms of players being fed up with him per se i don't think that's more so an issue that's good to hear for sure well what about in terms of the offense he's putting in there and him and darren Be daryl bevel uh what type of scheme are you kind of expecting is it going to resemble those ohio state attacks or what what is your idea for what type of offense we're going to be getting here from the jags I think it's going to more so resemble what Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson. You know, a lot of play action, deep throws, you know, a lot of RPOs, a lot of screens. I, and they're going to mix it, I think, with Daryl Bevel and Urban Meyer's philosophies, which is, you know, both of them believe in running the ball and, and hitting explosive plays deep off play action off of that and taking advantage of numbers in the box. The problem is the Jaguars, they, they have to figure out how to kind of mesh, you know, all those philosophies together because, you know, you're taking yeah. so many different things. You know, Brian Schoenheimer, he's the passing game coordinator, but he's basically the quarterback's coach. You know, you take him, you, you take uh, Bevel, you take Meyer, and then you take having to fit in Lawrence. You know, it's just a lot of different moving pieces, and you can tell, you know, they're still kind of transitioning there. 
Gotcha, gotcha. I believe it was either your piece, it might have been one other writer I was reading, that mentioned that whenever they've had a rookie quarterback, whether it was Schottenheimer or Bevel, they led the league in rush attempts, right? Uh, it was either you or somebody else who, who noted that. And that's pretty fascinating to me because you get this number one pick in here. You think they're just going to use that arm to its fullest potential. Do you expect them, though, to be extremely run heavy, or do you think uh, that that might change under these guys? I, I think they're going to be extremely run heavy. I, I don't think there should be any question about the amount of work a guy like James Robinson is going to get, you know, especially now without Travis Etienne, because, you know, really you look at the philosophies of guys like Meyer and guys like Bevel, it's to utilize the running game in a running back position. You know, you just watch them throughout the preseason. They obviously aren't going to show you the full offense, but they've been emphasized a lot of multi-tight end sets, a lot of, you know, rushing the ball right down the throat of the defense and a lot of play action. So I, I think they're going to spread out the field a good bit because they do have that talent at receiver and they're going to try to incorporate a lot of those spread concepts but I do think the running game is going to be a big part of their offense and a big a bigger part than it was last year because, you know, for as much as Robinson got in terms of a workload last year, you know, he was, I believe, a top eight in carries. Uh, they had the uh, lowest, you know, pass to run ratio because, you know, obviously worst team in the NFL, you're trailing every quarter, you know, you're going to throw it a lot. I, I think that you're going to see a lot more carries out of them this year than last year. Indeed. Do you think Robinson, I mean, last year he was averaging, I think, close to 90% of the snaps. It was insane. Yeah, he was. Yeah, which is a wild workload. Do you think we'll get that type of touches? You know, as you said, eighth in carries. I think it ended up being like sixth in total touches because he was involved in the receiving game as well. What type of workload are you kind of projecting for Robinson? And is he looking as good as we saw last year as well? Uh, he hasn't been able to in the preseason do much on the ground just because they they've had their offensive line out for basically the entirety of the preseason. You know they've been running behind reserves, but yeah. uh, in the preseason, the one thing he's been able to do individually is win as a pass protector. And you look mm-hmm. at him compared to a guy like Carlos Hyde, who has struggled in that area in the preseason. I, I, I think it's clear that James Robinson now without ETN is the Jaguars' true you know third down back. And you know I, I think he has the best chance to earn you know really a full time role in the offense. I, I, I wouldn't expect him to play 90% of the snaps. It wouldn't surprise me if it was more like 70-30, but for Robinson to be in there on really the important downs. That's really important too. Yeah, receiving, just like the running points for the quarterback can really unlock that ceiling. Receiving work for the, the running backs, 2.57 times the value as a, as a target compared to a carry. So could be a huge ceiling there for James Robinson. And his price is falling right around the rounds like three or four still. It doesn't seem like everybody's adjusted for where he should be going. So I love that value. Uh, you've mentioned, though, Carlos Hyde as well. Do you think this guy is going to be involved enough to be worth a late-round flyer? Or how's he looking? I know he's an Urban Meyer standover. Is he looking solid, or what's your thoughts on him? I, I think he's going to be involved a decent bit, I think, especially now with ETN out, that he has a, a solid hold on you know the backup running back job. You know, I, I would consider him really a lock to be the number two running back now with ETN out of the picture because even before ETN was injured, Hyde was getting snaps over him in the preseason games. And the, for the Jaguars, the preseason was mattering because they were using it as a true tune-up. So, you know, how they were sending the guys out in terms of depth, mm-hmm. right, that, that actually mattered. So Hyde getting snaps over ETN showed he was already running back too, but that could have been expected to change. But now I wouldn't expect it to. But I, I, I don't think he's going to get significant touches over Robinson at any point. He'll maybe get some goal line duty here and there, but I, I, I would still expect Robinson to be the clear number one. That's good to know, indeed. That's what you fancy always want, just that clear-cut bell cow, avoid the committees. Well, one player I, I can't stop drafting. I love this guy. He's going in rounds like 8, 9, sometimes even 10. Certainly not in the draft, Simon, because I'll be getting him by round 8 or 9. 
that's that's LaVisca Chenault. I love the player, and I'm really intrigued to hear how you think he's going to be used because Urban Meyer in those college offenses, whether it was Percy Harvin, Curtis Samuel, he always kind of had this hybrid wide receiver running back. And I, I imagine ETN was kind of going to, to be headed towards that role. Those guys averaged over 24 fantasy points per game. Is LaVisca Chenault now the next in line for that, or how's that situation going to play out? Does he have this joker role with his offense? I, I think he has to be really the next in line to get, you know, a lot of the screen type, care, uh, you know, usage in the offense. Because, I mean, without ETN, you really, you know, the only other option they had on the offense with similar skill sets to ETN would be guys like Tavon Austin and guys like Jamal Agnew. And you just, you're, you're not going to make either one of those, you know, the, the biggest name, you know, on right. the offense in terms of that, in terms of that role. So I, I would imagine LaVisca Chanel, especially been seeing how he's been used in the preseason, you know, they've already utilized him a lot on screens. You know, he turned one into a 20 yard gain against uh, yeah. the Cowboys. So I, I would imagine, you know, he's going to be used in that role and he's going to be the full-time slot receiver. So I, I, I do think he'll find success just because of the style of player. He will just be, you know, staying healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a, a stud in college as a runner, as a receiver. Do you think he'll even get like rushing work as well, similar to how like Harvin and Samuel were? Or do you think it's more so just that screen type of game in terms of his usage? It wouldn't surprise me if he got some rushing work, but I, I, I would expect he still gets significantly more, you know, work in terms of uh, receiving games, so screen, uh, stuff like that. But it wouldn't surprise me if he got carries. But I, I also wouldn't be surprised if – you know, most of his carries were stuff like sweeps and stuff out of the slot as opposed to, you know, directly out of the backfield. Gotcha, gotcha. Would he be the first receiver you take on this team? It's it's tough for me because all three of them play such different roles. Uh, DJ Chark's clearly going to be their vertical guy who, you know, they try to push the ball downfield with. Uh, Chenault's going to be their uh, slot guy who, you know, they they throw the short stuff to. And Marvin Jones is, you know, clearly their possession guy. So all all three of them are differently. I I think Lawrence has the best chemistry right now with Jones. Uh, So Mm. I I, I think if you're going to pick a guy who is probably the best bet to be the number one early, it's Jones. But if you had to think of a guy who's going to get the most valuable kind of targets. I, I think once Chark returns, as long as he can stay healthy, that he he's going to get you know some legitimate chances for you know home run type plays. Really intriguing, then indeed. So Jones kind of the go to guy. That seems to be the case so far through two preseason contests. I know he didn't play in the third, but he saw what five and five targets, if I'm not mistaken, in those games. Um, so he did seem to have a good chemistry with Lawrence to start the year. Do you think he'll be able to hold off Chark, or is it? It sounds like I guess they're playing kind of different roles at the end of the day. Uh, but, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this guy since he's arrived? How's he looked? Yeah, no, he's he's looked fantastic since he's arrived. You know, he's dealing with a, a minor injury right now, but there's no reason to think he won't be available week one. I believe they were just holding him out uh, as a precaution. And he's, you know, re- re- really in terms of, you know, a guy of a floor, he has the highest floor, you know, of any of the Jaguars wide receivers. You know, there's any guy who, you know, I think that they're going to trust to throw those, you know, design those third down passes to and those passes in the red zone. I would think it's Marvin Jones. And he's – there hasn't been a time in training camp or the preseason where I've – kind of been, you know, disappointed or think or or really thought negatively of his play. You know, he's really just been consistent since he got there. That's that's great to know. Well, they set his line, Vegas did, at 825 and a half and five and a half TDs. What do you like? Do you you take the overs on either? I'll I'll take the over on the touchdowns. Yards, I probably will too, because I think if there's any receiver who can probably threaten to be a 1,000 yards type guy, I think it's him. And I think he's going to get six or seven touchdowns. 
Very tricky indeed. You mentioned uh, DJ Chark as well, potentially playing that deep threat role. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence can rope the ball, so that could be a great uh, value there. He's, he's going last among these receivers since he got hurt. Owners seem to be kind of forgetting about him. You know, just a couple seasons ago, 1,008 yards, eight TDs. As a sophomore, kind of regressed last year. What are your expectations for him this year? No, I mean, definitely, you know, he, he has to improve from – what he put on the field last year, you know, he has said as much and urban Meyer has said as much and, you know, I, and really the shame about his injury when it happened, you know, it's not supposed to be a major injury. He's expected to be back week one, but really the bad thing was it happened on, on I think it was the third day of pads and it was the three days of pads, padded practices they had. Those were the three best practices he had at training camp. You know, he was looking phenomenal once they put pads on and they were getting physical. So as long as he can stay healthy, I I, I do think that he's going to be given, you know, a lot of chances because uh, you look up and down the Jaguars that are on offense. And the one thing that, you, you you know, you're really missing is speed. And, you know, Chark gives them that element more so than any other player on their offense, especially now with ETN injury. Very intriguing. Yeah, if that again, that arm, that deep ball was certainly on display this last preseason game. He could be, end up being that go-to guy, but the hand injury did happen. It, it's a minor break. They're saying we should be back. What? What are your kind of? There any update on the hand injury? Do you think he'll be ready for week one? Uh, Meyer hasn't given a firm update uh, other than saying when it first happened that he should be back for week one. I would expect uh, in the next coming days for Meyer to really talk about more because I, I figured you know he's going to be asked, you know, do you expect DJ Shark still to be back? But the way he's talked about Shark, you know, in passing over the last few weeks, you know, every time he mentions Shark, he says who we're getting back soon. So I would expect him to be back. Good. Awesome. That's good to know as well. The last thing I want to mention with Chark, I, there was something Meyer said, if I, I don't know the exact quote, but something along the lines of like a big guy who plays little. Now, do you think Chark has like responded well to that type of comment or how's that been taken by him? I think he's definitely responded well. You know, I mean, you just look at his, his physical nature has changed, you know, since last season, just in terms of he's clearly added a lot of muscle. And, you know, you, you ask all, all, all the people on the Jaguar staff and on the roster publicly, you know, who's one of the guys who attacked the weight room the most this offseason. And most of them say DJ Chark, who I believe they said added between, you know, five to seven pounds, you know, of muscle to his frame this offseason. So I, I think he's definitely responded well. I, 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 I've never perceived DJ Chark as somebody who would take that as a slight because I don't think DJ Chark thought that he played well last season. Good to know. Indeed. And his line, he actually is set for higher numbers, at least yardage-wise, than Marvin Jones right now by Vegas. 905 and a half, five and a half TDs, similar to Jones right there. What are your thoughts on that line by Vegas? I want to go over on the touchdowns just because, like I said, I feel like he's going to get a lot of those deep shots. The, the, the yards is what concerns me because I, I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be, you know, one game he might have, you know, 130 yards. Another game, you know, he might have 30. You know, I, I think it's going to be – it's just depending on how the deep balls go in that game. Gotcha. Now, and so we've talked about all three of these guys. You're on the clock as a fantasy owner. How would you rank these guys in terms of who you'd go after first, second, and third? I go Marvin Jones, DJ Shark, and Lavisca Chenault. And and in terms of if you if you ask me to pick who are the most valuable guys in terms of you know their actual value to the football team, I, I might order it rank it differently. But if you're talking just fantasy football, I, I think Shark's gonna get those high volume in terms of, of deep shots that he's probably gonna be a little bit more valuable than Chenault. Very intrigued because I think that's kind of flipped the order of how owners are attacking them right now. So we'll see how that all plays out. Well, before we get into the, the no huddle rapid fire questions, is there any other sleepers on this team that we didn't cover or should we just move right into the, uh, the rapid fire questions? 
I, I think fellow Dorsett, you know, if Chark is ever injured at any point, I think Dorsett's going to slot right into his role as, you know, the speed guy they try to get downfield. And that, but otherwise, not really. I, I don't think uh, Dare Ogunbowale or Divino Zigbo are really going to play a significant enough role to really be, you know, fantasy relevant. And I, unless you're in a deep league, I, I, James LaShaughnessy, I think, has good chemistry with Lawrence. And if there's any tight end to target on the team, it'd be him. But I, I wouldn't imagine he'd be a priority. Indeed. All righty. Well, then we'll move right into this rapid fire, no huddle offense. Ten quick questions. You give me what comes to mind right off the top of the head. You ready? Yeah. All righty. Teams leading rusher and how many yards? James Robinson, uh, 1,200. Teams leading receiver and how many yards? Marvin Jones, 1,050. Ooh, I like it. Team's biggest disappointment on offense this year? I'll go Jawan Taylor. Who's the team's biggest surprise or breakout player? DJ Chark, because I think he'll make enough highlight real plays. What's the team's biggest strength? Uh, they run blocking and run run stopping, which yeah, 2021. So nice. Team's biggest weakness. Uh, stopping the pass right now and protecting the passer. What do you think their record's going to be this season? Seven and ten. And where do you think that will have them landing, both in the division and any shot at the conference or playoffs? I think they'll be third in the division. I don't think they'll have a chance for the playoffs, but I, I think they'll be trending in a better direction. And the Jags will win the Super Bowl when dot, dot, dot. Uh, put me on the spot here. <laughs> I, my thing I point to is, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes had the three best years of quarterback play in NFL history, and he only won one Super Bowl. And, you know, he barely won that one. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll say their windows in the next five years. Gotcha. And the last question I have for you, do you play fantasy at all yourself? Yeah, I do. Awesome. Do you, uh, how are you? You good? Do you, have you won in titles recently? No, I, I tripped away <laughs> a title last year with playing Miles Gaskin actually. So no, I wouldn't call myself good at all. Oh, dang. That was Gaskin had like that Thursday. It was one of the early games too. So just brutal to have yeah. happen early. Well, before we head out then I've asked you enough questions. Do you have any specific fantasy questions for me? Any keeper league questions or anything? Uh, on the top of your mind before you head out? Uh, I'm picking ninth in a in – a, I believe it's a 10-person league. Who, who, who should I target? Especially in a 10-person uh, – is it one quarterback or two quarterback league? I guess that's not, it doesn't really it's matter. One. Yeah, that's just one. one. I really think one of the bigger edges you can get in 10 is, is Kelsey. If he falls to you at nine, yeah. um, it's there's a lot more depth in a 10-team league at running back and receiver as compared to 12 or 14. So if you can get that edge at tight end, if Kelsey falls to you, I would say lock that up. Otherwise, you go bell cow, bell cow, get a couple horses um, and load up that way. But, yeah, Kelsey's who I'd be looking at if I'm you. Okay, good deal, good deal. Once I saw I got slotted ninth, I was like, I have no idea what what I'm doing. Yeah, no doubt. I think he's going to be a big edge if you can get him. Um, And, you guys, it's really hard to get edges and 10-teamers, so I I like to uh, go after that tight end and go for Kelsey there. Um, Awesome, John. Well, this was amazing. Why don't you just give our, our listeners one more reminder where they can find you and connect with you and find your work. All right. Can you, uh, you can find me at Jaguar report, you know, at Twitter, just Jaguar report si.com slash NFL slash Jaguars or me myself on Twitter underscore John underscore Shipley. And, you know, you can really find me, I'm doing stuff daily, you know, whether it's the Jaguars or general NFL draft NFL, I, I try to hit it all. Awesome, John. Well, thank you so much again for your time and for coming on. It was awesome talking to you and good luck this season and, and fantasy and the beat and everything. All right. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. Later, John. All right, you guys. And Wolfpack, now we will get to any questions you guys have. So what we got here, 
Um, all right. So we got no two. Just did my draft on Saturday. And I'm hyped about the squad. Got Kelsey 12. We just talked about Kelsey at nine. So that's an even better value there. No two. Getting him at the 12, 13 turn. I'd love to hear what else you round that out with. Where is everybody? Where's Mitch? Where's my usual guys? I guess this one we go a little earlier than usual, but the usually got like 20, 30 questions on these things. All good. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that interview again with John Shipley. Really intriguing stuff about the wide receivers there. Uh, I've been ranking him the opposite with Visca at the top, then Marvin Jones, and then Chark. He's kind of cautioning, you know, make sure you keep Chark on the radar uh, and have the, those guys um, uh, maybe flipped from what I had him. I still love this guy. He's such a good player. Looked like a beast after the catch. So I'm still going in on Visca myself. Uh, we will we'll find out there. Uh, Michael Schneider. What do you think of the Ravens' backfield with Dobbins going down for the year? I think Gus Edwards becomes an immediate RB2, uh, well worth. I took him in the fifth round of a draft I did on Sunday in a standard league. Uh, a little bit less value than PPR. He can catch, but he's not like a world beater on there. Uh, so ultimately, I like I like Gus as like a second rounder. I mean, they've been number one in run attempts per game three straight seasons under G Greg Roman. That's not going to change this year. Uh and there's really nothing behind him. I still think there's going to be a committee because that's kind of how they do things. So maybe it's Tyson Williams. Maybe it's uh, Justice Hill. It sounds like Tyson Williams has been really outplaying um, Hill so far. So that's a really good sleeper. But Edwards, anytime he's seen 15 or more carries, he averages 94 yards a game. Bulldozer led the team in goal line attempts last year. Just a, an intriguing fifth round pick. Uh, maybe you can even sneak him up in the sixth because right now when you're drafting, his ADP is still so much lower. Uh, so intriguing stuff for sure. Jags. Yes, BK. That's the Jags. Hi, Wolf. I have my draft tonight and I'm excited, says Hillary Margaret. I'm excited for you. Let me know how it goes. Uh, I'm with you on the wide receiver there. So Preble and me are in agreement, but again, I might have to trust the guy that's actually there every day at practice, the beat. Uh, so intriguing stuff for sure to make sure to check out. Made the trade we chatted about. Thanks for the help with that, Prebs. I love it. Carson. What was it? Carson and CD. For uh, Jefferson and Sanders. I'm just not a big Sanders fan. So I think you made out with that one for sure. Uh, do you think Urban Meyer will still be the coach of the Jags in two years? I do not. Although it sounds like, according to John, the vibes are a little better than what some media outlets are going on. He says a ton of players have raved about him in his style, especially the younger guys who are kind of used to that style. So maybe it won't be quite the disaster. The guy's won everywhere he's gone. Ah. I don't think it's going to go so well, though. I think it's going to be a dumpster fire, but it does sound like there are more positive vibes and a lot of people have uh, have thought there. How's the first day of school? Uh, thanks for asking, Charlie Prebs. It was it was solid and easy. They always do a couple professional development days, so no students yet. Kind of good to get back in there, get the building, see some staff I hadn't seen in over a year. We were all remote last year, so it was good in that sense. Obviously, I missed being able to go live and do projections and everything with you guys, but also really nice to catch up with a bunch of people that I haven't seen in so long. Um, Schneider got LaVisca in the rookie draft uh, and Mims. I'm not a big fan of Mims, but I really think LaVisca can break it out. Uh, Mims is going to have to get to another team, I think, if he's going to ever break out. Still can go deep, still has some talent, but Visca is definitely the one you got to be banking on there, Schneider. J-Rob Sealing says BK. I mean, look at last year. The guy was a monster. 1,400 yards, like 10 touchdowns, catches the ball, and he finishes the RB7. I don't think he'll ever get higher than that, but there's not any reason he can't come close again. John was saying earlier, he thinks they're going to run the ball more often because of how much better the team is. They can actually stay and run 
uh, heavy scripts. That's what Daryl Bevel led the NFL in run attempts the last time he had a rookie quarterback. Same idea uh, with uh, the, their pass game, Schottenheimer coordinator. When he had Mark Sanchez, he led it. So, yeah, J-Rub has, a, has quite the ceiling. I think top 10, just like he was last year, is well within his range of outcomes. All righty, guys. Well, thanks so much again. Let's get some late questions in there. All right, got Terrace Marshall this year. Third is amazing. I mean, that's better than Mims. It's better than anybody you took yet. I think, I think Marshall's going to be a great pick. That's going to turn around your uh, streak of pretty tough receivers so far, Schneider, for sure. I got to check out your – I know you messaged me, Schneider. I completely – I'll be honest, I forgot – after I message up, let's check this out after dinner. I forgot. So I'm going to go get to that right when we hang up. Make sure I get to that for you, Schneider. But Wolfpack, thank you guys again so much. I'm going to be live in a little bit to recap preseason week three, risers and fallers. Uh, it's 420 right now. I'll aim to get on within an hour by 530 if you guys are free and have some more questions for drafts coming up this week. I'll be recapping all that action, who is changing values, obviously some huge injuries to make sure you guys are ahead of on uh, before this draft this week. Um, you can find all our content, RoadStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves. Me personally, at Rotor Street Wolf. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, be on the lookout. The guide should be dropping any day now. Alrighty, guys. We'll see you. Uh, hopefully some repeats over there at 530. Later, Wolf back. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.